In this world, there are events and occurrences that defy logic, science, and common sense. They don't seem to fit in. They slip by us in the shadows and remain in the dark. Welcome to Strange Happenings Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm John. I'm Jamie. I'm Bill. Guys, thank you for listening to us. We promise our sound will keep getting better. Of course, my zoo has went crazy, as I'm explaining this to everybody. My apologies. We'd like to say thank you to the Flask at Hand Podcast, Topper Kelly, and Chris Strain for all that they've done for us. We'll keep telling people thank you as we go and as we learn and for all the shout-outs they're doing for us. Also, we're doing an episode on Stalin, which I know we're going to pronounce wrong. And we're going to pronounce many of these Irish words wrong. And some of them we probably could do a little bit better, but we know it annoys John when we do them wrong. So it's kind of a bonus. (laughs) Jamie, would you like to throw it? I would. So... Of course, Samhain is still celebrated um, in various parts of the world by various people. I think a lot of people still, well, it is a pagan holiday. Um, It's definitely celebrated here in North America. Um, And many would say it's uh, the precursor to Halloween. And we do know that it um, has a very... (sighs) That's the word I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, the origins are not always agreed upon. Uh, and, and there is no like clear origin. It's It was clearly celebrated um, in Brittany, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, uh, pretty much anywhere where there were Celts, Samhain was celebrated in some shape or form. Today we're mostly going to focus on Irish and Scottish traditions and the mythology that goes along with that. Uh, Samhain is an Irish word and I, it has ties to Scottish as well. Uh, in Irish, it's derived from the Old Irish Samhain, 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 uh, and I'm probably saying all of those wrong. And all of them refer to the month of November. Sam Hain. Or and it's that Sam Hain. Sam Hain. <laughs> all hate mail and he's addressed to Todd O'Neill via John Schultz. Uh, <laughs> okay, why, why they get the deep breath, then I'll talk for a second, Jamie, to help you out here. I didn't think it was going that bad. That one has many different disagreed views and where it began in Ireland, Scotland, as Jamie and I talked about previous to this episode. Wouldn't you say, Jamie? Yes. Sorry, I muted myself. (laughs) That wasn't high enough. Everyone knows. I'm sorry. That's that's the best I can do. I was was trying to, I was 
trying to help you out there, buddy. <laughs> and uh, yes, yes, I would agree. That is what we talked about. And I did notice them from some of my research. It actually goes back more closer to August 1st with Lunatha, which was a harvest holiday where the god Lu would actually fight an ancient god named Chrome Kurok. And Chrome Kurok was called the Bent One or the Dark One. And after they'd batter on August 1st, to be a second celebration towards the end of the harvest season, which, as we know, is October 1st, November... <laughs> excuse me, October 31st, November 1st. Calendars are new to me. I'm from Ohio. Yeah, you are. I think all of us Midwesterners... And I'm the only one not drinking, slightly, uh, Less to be desired education. Now, most of you probably wouldn't. Who's Chrome Kurok, also known as Chrome Dub. Well, Chrome Dub depends on pronunciations, with us, which I saw online in many documentaries. But, Bill, are you talking about Chrome from. <laughs> Chrome Kurok. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> yes, I believe you're going to say Conan? <laughs> Actually, Chrome. yes, I am. Chrome from Conan is based on him because the author, last name Howard, loved the ancient Celtic stories. And based the uh, the civilization of Conan on the Celtic tribes. However, though most writings involving Chrome Kurok disappeared after the Catholic Catholic Christianization of the British Isles and the Celtic lands. So m almost everything we have about Chrome Kurok is pretty much nothing, actually. The, a statue two here and there. Some small writing, and instead of him being a god of fertility and or the harvest and death, he's mostly seen as a demon starting around the time of St. Patrick. What a coincidence. But that is actually... I was just going to say. That is around the time that Samhain actually started. Go ahead, Jamie. You know, if Hi, I can interject, Bill, when I was looking up that stuff, um, I noticed that like all the images that I saw... They're all like he was really weird looking. What's up with that? We can't all be beautiful. No, I agree. Like uh, I'll try to find an image to post on our Facebook. Yeah, but you can try. Well, the one looked like him. It actually looked like Plankton. <laughs> yeah, the one I'm looking at, he, he kind of looks like a size. lumpy potato with right. like one eye and like uh, I don't know, like there's some weird stuff going on. Um, yeah, but it is cool. They said. Uh, like they would make sacrifices to him, it's theorized, in exchange for milk and grain. So I'm wondering, like, what kind of sacrifices? Probably not human, but maybe like animals and stuff. There are arguments whether or not humans were sacrificed. Oh, interesting. Most, most of the people that have said there were sacrifices done by the Celtics that were human were actually groups of civilizations that were trying to downplay any good that the Celtics were doing. So no one knows for sure if they were telling the truth or that was just negative propaganda to justify what they wanted to do to the Celtic peoples. Yeah, honestly, I mean, historically speaking, if, if you're dealing with any negative rumors about another culture, it's probably not true. It's probably propaganda because that was like what you did. Like, you just spread all these evil rumors about another culture. 
So that way, when you do go to war, it's like you dehumanize them. And that was them, you one of them. the things that I was yeah. reading. Yeah, especially when you're talking about the Irish. And one of the things I was reading, too, was it was like, you're not the, the going Brits to love sacrifice to do one of your kids when they're your main <laughs> labor source, you know? Or you're not going to sacrifice a meaningful person from your family. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. These right? shoes don't make themselves. <laughs> These cows don't tune themselves, boy. <laughs> We can't kill all the kids. Our hands are too big to fit in a little. <laughs> and, but I mean, you can also make more kids. Well, true. You also have to think that that is the part. fun part. But oh, you know, that reminds me, guys. Thank you. What if there's actually a discussion that because people claim that thirty percent of the children were sacrificed every year to. Chrome Kruok, some say for Samhain, some say between lunacy. See, I said it wrong already. Then lunacy means you're crazy. Yeah, that seems high. But most people think actually there was there was 30% people dying due to famine and disease. And they were considering the people that died were sacrificed by nature itself to, towards quote from Kruok and not the actual killing of these people as ah, a sacrifice. Well, so they, that's a sweet loophole. So they just considered anyone yes. who died a sacrifice? Of famine or disease. Oh, famine or disease. Well, there, there's plenty that. of that. I so did read that. No shortage of right. sacrifices, right? Yes. And I actually really enjoyed this part of the topic <laughs> I spent way too many hours on Chrome Kruk <laughs> you spent way too much time on the child sacrifices <laughs> <laughs> I can see why people want peace and quiet <laughs> but no more about why is it until today or until this past two weeks I had never heard of him in all my studies and I have quite a few friends from Ireland, some still living there, some now in the States. And between all of them combined, they only had about two to three paragraphs worth to say about him because they barely have anything on him even. That's really interesting. When anything else Irish I bring up, they can almost all write a book on it. That's how unknown Chrome Kruok is today. Mostly it looks like because of St. Patrick. He was usually seen as an enemy of St. Patrick. In fact, at one point in Mayo County, Ireland, they tried to say Chrome Kruok was nothing more than a stingy landlord who St. Patrick randomly walked by one day, challenged him, and beat him. I forget the exact details of that story, because honestly, it sounded so silly it wasn't worth remembering. And But the entire point of that story was the ancient gods were nobody follow the Catholic Catholic belief system look at towards St. Patrick don't look towards Chrome Kruok or Lou any of the other ones you worshipped up until that point yeah I mean there was a lot of that that went on you know if if they couldn't absorb it into Catholicism then it was immediately downcast as some aspect of Satan yeah the devil. The devil. Yes. And it looks like a lot of that went on between the four yeah. to six hundreds. Yeah, and I mean, in fact, I mean, you just look 
again historically uh, in co- like in the context of everywhere that the Catholics went, it's like if it wasn't if it wasn't Catholicism, then it was usually everything got turned into demons. If it wasn't nailed down, yes. it Which got stolen. I would say most religions actually do that. The difference, I believe, was I think the difference is how successful they were with it compared to how successful yeah, I would other agree groups with have been with it. Because they didn't just they didn't just eradicate it, they found ways to assimilate certain parts of it. Right, and right. Excited about it. Yeah. Like you stir up jackal animals. You know, if you think about it, like that's you know, Catholicism started in Rome, and it's like the absorption of other cultures. That's very much a Roman thing, you know. So it makes sense. Very true. Which. If you guys want, we could definitely do an episode on that, because there's so much more to Roman cultural and a group called the Cult of Mithras, which we would love to cover. Yeah, please give us feedback. Sure. I do too. I want to spend some time in Rome. <laughs> Send me there, guys. We can talk more about Lumeria too. I've actually been there, but no big deal. <laughs> yeah, but you've been banned. Look, haven't that's you? really <laughs> kind of iffy. It's real gray <laughs> on whether or not I can go back. Do it now. Do any of you guys want to give Definitely some testing. examples of the traditions of? <laughs> Ooh, good food there. Anyone want to give some examples of maybe some of the pre-Halloween? Oh yes, I've, I've got a great one that I, I wanted to share. Um, so I, I really love this. Um, so the the Celts and and possibly even going back before the Celts into like the Druids and the pagans, um, they would, they would light these huge fires on this night, you know, and they would cast bones into the fire and they would use that for uh, divination and for other spells. And that became known as a bonfire and that's actually where we get the term today bonfire and so i thought that was really cool um and then this whole kind of tradition sprung from that that you know i'm not i'm not sure if it carries on in modern day but it 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 carried through until uh not too long back um on october 31st you would let the hearth in your house burn out just completely burn out they would scrub the ashes from the hearth and then it was tradition to get lit embers from the local bonfire uh, at, at your Samhain festival and bring them back to relight your hearth for the new fire for the new year and you know kind of a, a out with the old and in with the new type of uh, ideology and uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and for all of us outside of Appalachia, that's caught a hoss for most Shut of up. us. <laughs> I have never noticed your I have never noticed your accent as much as I just yeah, noticed well, it just uh, now. I love you too, buddy. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to I was like a horse. Oh horse. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I, yeah. I did not know that, though. I actually want to talk fire. a little bit more about kind of the origin of Samhain and how it relates to the calendar and the harvest. You guys mind if I keep going with that? Yep. How dare you? <laughs> uh, 
So go ahead, because I meant I to go back was, to that. I Please. think I left off with Samhain actually is the month of November, and Halloween would coincide with, and I'm going to totally butcher this, Iye Haun, which is the day before November, i.e. the last day of October, a.k.a. That's how Halloween. I call for my dog. You don't whistle? <laughs> I thought we all whistled, but Iye Haun works too. <laughs> no, I said be a Haun. And I kind of wanted to position this in... Just kidding. In, I'm, I'm messing with you. <laughs> probably. Sorry, guys. I feel like that probably um, offended someone. I wanted to talk about how this positions. Direct all angry <laughs> and, emails. In the, the wheel of the year, which Samhain is technically the beginning of the darkest part of the year. Uh, it's, and I, some people associate it with domination of darkness, whereas Maybon, which is kind of the beginning of spring, and if you look at the wheel of the year, they're directly across from each other. My bone is the dom- domination of light, and it's the spring. That's when you're going to start actually planting your crops, whereas by Samhain, you would want to be done. Uh, you would want to have your cattle in for slaughter and stuff like that. Um, another interesting thing of note with this is the, in the Celtic calendar, the the day began at, sun- began at sunset and ended at sunset. And so that was part of why they had to draw in this day before November. Um, and I, I thought a lot about, like, the cycle of the sun and harvest season. My background is in agricultural history. And all of this makes sense. You know, we're blaming Chrome for <laughs> people dying, for fields going fallow, and... In reality, they're holding on to all this, I think, in part, because the winter can be so unforgiving and such a uh, unstable time because you're not sure if all your food's going to last. Maybe you didn't get enough food. Um, and then, so to me, it makes sense, I guess. Uh, Samhain is also one of four seasonal festivals of the year. It's actually technically the first one, which I think we'll probably talk about this more um, in some cultures, Samhain is is the beginning of the year. It's the new year, uh, and it does occur halfway between the autumn equinox, which I think I've already mentioned Maybon a couple times, and the winter solstice, which is Yule. Even though it's not quite halfway, but I kept reading that <laughs> in different places. Um, and Samhain, similar to a spring heart, similar to the spring uh, Sabbath of Beltane. Both of those times, which I don't think everyone agrees with this, but some pagans do, both of those times is when the doorways or the veils or whatever you want to say to the other worlds or to um, the afterlife are thinned and spirits and supernatural beings can move about. Um, and where Samhain is more focused on the dead, Beltane is more focused on the living, of course, because that's when you're going to be planting your crops and growing them and all that stuff. Uh, and then one more thing to note, Samhain was first mentioned in Irish literature during the 9th century, and it is the, it is like the date for a lot of different uh, myths within, uh, within Irish and Scottish mythology. Um, a crazy giant king was slain on that day. 
couple other things were going on. I can go into more detail if we want to. Uh, and then, of course, as Bill already mentioned, in the 8th century is when Catholicism was really taking hold, and they had to uh, create All Saints Day on November 1st for All Saints that didn't have their own feast day to, I don't know, counteract Halloween. Who wants to do that? And They actually didn't even create it. They moved it from May, where it was already yeah. put at try to counteract like you said though to counteract but they already created it and put it in may to a false right. try to erase the yes. roman festival of lamaria i think we'd all love to maybe talk about a which little was bit covered in i'm previous still episode. fascinated by it having that really negative connotation but like we've talked about with with catholicism yes Lam go ahead well the difference too though is right lamaria had a negative connotation and the pope wanted to get rid of that However, Stalin did not have a negative connotation, but they still wanted to uh, erase some of the more ancient beliefs to it because it made people hold on to the ancient ways. Chrome Kruak, like we talked about, was a, from a belief system even older than the Tuathanon, which I'm sure I said We're that trying. wrong. Sorry, Koppel. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, forgive me. So they had to get rid of that a little bit more. They had to get rid of Lou a little bit more. And not to mention, in most Western beliefs of modern, I guess you could say modern times, ghosts and all that are considered a negative thing. While Darwin was considered the, the, the veil between the worlds was the thinnest, and you actually could dress up, and you wanted to dress up, to hide from the spirits and ghosts, people were afraid to an extent, but people also enjoyed it. It did mumming, which we can try to explain later trick-or-treatings and other type of stuff which under different names but the same concept that those were considered fun things mm -hmm. toward the ancient beliefs which would help people hold on to those beliefs which was not a good thing and we'll, they wanted you to focus on the catholic belief system and we'll talk more about some of the other associated things like divination like like todd mentioned with with the bone fires We'll talk a little bit more about that kind of in more recent times in another episode. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite traditions, which is dumb suppers, um, which that's another thing that you'll see kind of all throughout the world in relation to Halloween and, and across kind of cultures is veneration for the dead and honoring your dead ancestors and these, these spirits that might be out wandering the earth. Um, and most of them involved like, leaving a fire of some kind either in your hearth or her I don't remember how Todd said it <laughs> your it hearth, hearth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or candles what have you your hearth uh, and, and food uh, in more modern times people will leave out pictures and stuff like that and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that because I'm, I'm super interested in that part because I think um I think it's a little different from how we handle death and dying now, and I think it's so interesting how important, um, how important that was in the past. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's really interesting because I mean we've become so detached with the idea of dying, and you know, like we don't really, at least, at least European um, cultures nowadays, it's like we we 
bury the body or we take the ashes and that and that's it that's all that's all we concern ourselves about but i mean and i'm sure we'll get more into this when we when we do the the uh the dia de los muertos episode but it's like that's not that's not how it always was and that's not how it is like if you take the global cultures like that's not that's not the norm like most people have a very closer relationship with the dead and and spirits and stuff and we're just kind of almost like a little phobic of it it's weird yeah i agree with that for sure yeah that you know and that that's one thing i i agree i think something might be that over the last i'd say two thousand years you focus a lot more on what could happen to you if you're bad and then you die than a lot of the more ancient cultures did so it's given us more of a, a fear of death than yeah, what we sure. might have had before. Definitely, and I, I've talked with people. Um, we put a lot more into preventing death than we do of, of encouraging health. If that makes sense, like we focus so much on preventing people from dying, especially old people. And please don't take this the wrong way, but because of that fear of dying, when maybe those are resources we should think about putting into, you know your present health, your younger family members, whatever. And that's, you know, again, that kind of goes back to that agrarianism of, you know, you need those young bodies to keep things going. Grandpa can't make the shoes, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because, I mean, like, we joke about it, but, but, you know, Grandpa can't drive cattle. there's pros and cons to how much longer people are living. And I don't want to sound like, you know, like, yeah, kill all the old people, but it's like, you look at the, look at our lifespans and there's, Hey, I said, I'm not saying that. Calm down. That was John. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, but there is, it's like, it's nice to have that, that living history, that experience, that knowledge that comes with old age, but also there is, there is a downside to it as well. And we focus so much on keeping people alive as long as possible. We don't focus on quality of life and, and things like that. It's just, how can we make you not die? Oh, for sure. It, it's almost become exactly. obsessive in our culture. And you'll, we'll like deposit people. Yeah. And we'll, we'll deposit people in nursing homes. And the only time we're going to finally worry about them is when they're actually dying. And that, that sucks like go spend time with them before that again that goes back to like quality of life you know why you shouldn't wait till the end to care and take that from somebody who knows <laughs> of- oh yeah yeah let's talk about <laughs> some selling speaking of quality quality of podcast topic let's get back to so wow what's bill wow okay dad <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I- daddy Oh God! <laughs> I'm not calling you that. But actually, before I forget again, I want to say what I, I, I mentioned mumming earlier. Mumming or the mummers were usually men, sometimes women and children. Though most of the more old traditions, it was men that did it. They go from house to house to perform impromptu plays for treats or snacks, or sometimes just for entertainment or coin. What you got to or why you did it though it seems to differ based on holidays and even locations across the British Isles whether it be Ireland Scotland Brittany Wells Isle of Man but I have found different 
mentions of it for all those culturals, even up till today. I thought that was interesting because we were, besides the closest we have to that in America is yeah, Christmas carols. Yeah, not even close. But not that is pretty interesting. Actually. Great, and well, I guess you know, trick or treating, but but that's the closest <laughs> we have. Going door to door. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we don't expect the kids to perform anymore. Right. Candy besides- I expect <laughs> them to look cute. Get over here and make me some shoes, boy. Next time, oh, 60 minutes. <laughs> now, this could be a different episode on its own. Where, where are shoes the Actually, though, the whole trick or treat saying. <laughs> the actual trick-or-treat saying, which is more of a Halloween theme than a Samhain, was taken so literally in America that when adults would not give kids candy. Right, yeah, I read about they that. Yeah. They totally wanted to do away with it. At one point in the late that sounds like the kids in oh. my current neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Chicago had it's such like, a uh, b- big issue with it. They thought about banning Halloween entirely because yeah. of the beatings and the arson. Right. Well, and murders. There was legit murders. Well, that's that, right. That Two officers. Kind of mob style, like mob mentality. And like, rain, you know, roving gangs of teenagers would, would just kill people for, you know, no reason other than it's it's Halloween night. And, and often... At least the way it was portrayed, it was often um, the you know young teenagers from the poor neighborhoods attacking the richer neighborhoods, and you know what this means? but there was le- there were legit murders that happened uh, you know, in that in that time period. You know the more the story is, stop blaming video games. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's funny because it's like it reminds me of a. I don't know if you guys ever saw uh, Anchorman or not, but uh, but Brick, when they're talking about the pancake breakfast that he used to have, and he's like, are we going to do the pancake breakfast? And he's like, no, too many people died. It's like, that's exactly how they <laughs> yes. thought about the thought about Halloween. It's like, we need to stop this. Too many people are dying. Between 1865, 1870 area, as more immigrants came from the Great Potato Famine, we that was more, from what I read, is when a lot more of the transition between Samhain and Halloween and bam, it got hit because before that point in America, we actually celebrated Guy Fawkes Day a lot more, believe it or not, up until around 1870. Which is so interesting. Well, on November 5th, yeah. yes, kids would go around asking for asking for change. I just found this out recently doing my research. It only went away as more and more Irish immigrants came to America. And that's because that's interesting because like. Guy Fawkes, that has absolutely nothing to do with America. But we're oh, a, a nation of immigrants. Tradition <laughs> no, from the colony was, days. There was, yeah, there was yeah. still that resentment of the Brits, you know, kind of left over, I think. I agree. And, 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 you know, and then the Irish showed up and were so much more fun. We are. And, you know, everybody just went <laughs> along with it. We are. We are. I'm American Irish, but I will... I will ride that as far as I can. <laughs> like, hey, he, I says, am, he says that often. I am 20 some odd percent Irish. Yeah, but Todd's I'm last Irish, name is O'Neill. I'm Scottish, you I'm Jewish. can't go much further than that. It's sort of punchline. I'm standing like 10 feet from three kilts. 
<laughs> one of the things that I thought was really interesting when I was reading about mumming and geising was that um, in one of the things I read was part of the tradition where the people were actually impersonating the souls of the dead and so the things that they were getting were actually offerings that they were taking on behalf of whoever uh, their costume was meant to represent oh that is pretty cool and oh that's part interesting of that, I... yeah huh and like part of it, that makes a lot of sometimes sense. it wow. they would also like it would protect them, quote unquote, from the person they were impersonating, which I also thought was really interesting. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And I still we need to make Jamie. This is a topic you truly wanted to cover. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. I... This is a topic you truly wanted to cover. <laughs> We're already about 40 minutes in, I believe. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to make sure we cover on this episode? So I'll uh, briefly, I'll mention one thing I thought was super cool. Uh, Jamie kind of touched on it earlier. You know, they say this was a time when the veil was at its thinnest and, you know, the two worlds are, are right beside each other. And um, it was said that, you know, like especially in Ireland all over you've got you've got these fairy mounds and um it was said that you could almost like see into them like looking through a window or a portal and you could look in and watch what was going on in the other world and see the comings and goings of um you know the spirits and and the fae and uh there was a there's a traditional Irish myth about I'm going to I'm going to butcher this but uh, it was about an Irish folk hero named Fionn MacCommel I think something like that anyway um you're right no man apologies to Ireland yeah yeah I yeah <laughs> I, I'm, I can't even speak my own language guys I'm, I'm sorry are you uh, you sounded it out how I would have sounded it out <laughs> okay oh, well, well, we can do that bad feel a little better anyway um he uh he beat some sort of uh i don't know she was she was like a uh she witch <laughs> i don't know i i forget the terminology now i read about it and i've already you know forgot part of it but um basically like this this uh evil type she witch that I've was like stealing you want me to hop in you can hop in at any time. I, I know he used the portal <laughs> to watch her and then he killed her and he kicked her ass. And like, he was, he was just kicking ass all over the place. Um, and then, yeah, you can take over. <laughs> so from when I was looking it up, it was a fire breathing creature named Aline and they would come into in like Tara, which is the, the heart of Ireland. It's supposed to be, there's an entrance to the underworld. It's the seat of power in ancient Ireland. And she would lull everyone to sleep and burn their court to the ground on Samhain night. And Fionn Macumel, I'm not saying that right, um, avoided sleep by sticking his spear in his forehead. Oh, and yeah, when yeah. she came to burn down Tara, he turned the spear on her. And after that, I the gods or someone named him the head of the Fianna, which was a hunter warrior band, which were hunter warrior bands of ancient Ireland and Scotland. And he was, he was like the, the leader, the king, whatever you want to call it. The total badass of the land. The total badass. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I read. 
but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I, that, that one was really cool. Yeah, I would not want to stick a spear in my forehead. Right? <laughs> um, another what? cool cool myth that also took place on Samhain is um, the cattle... Well, I, I think part of this is actually historically accurate, barely or something, I don't know. But there was a cattle raid of Cooley and Queen Maeve was making an attempt to capture a surprise a prize bull of Ulster so that she could match the possessions of her husband and a young man uh, I'm trying to remember I think he made uh, a deal with a god and they together uh, he was able to hold her off until his comrades would awake and I don't know if they defeated her, but they kept her from stealing her bowl, which is cool. Definitely. I <laughs> definitely. I, I love the old mythology like that. The old folk tales. Um, I, I find those to be just, just truly I know, love fantastic. How, yeah. I love the ties to like known history too, and how you can kind of see how they're using this to, either remember things that happened what? or explain things. I do want to that, add. Like, give a supernatural bent to things that happened. Yeah. What's Absolutely. interesting, Sorry, though, what? is... Now, in some of the older versions, they want regular fairies inside these mounds. I don't know how to pronounce it. I forgot to ask Chris or Copper when I meant to repeatedly. IRC, which is actually spelled Sith... In Scotland, but that's not how it's, you pronounce it's it. Pronounced Shay, but they will, like Banshee. Shay, okay, yeah. Well, they. It's funny. Once again, they originally thought to be the descendants of the Tooth, the Danannan, but once uh, Christian religion came over, they were considered to be the descendants of fallen angels. To once again give them a negative connotation, hmm. help people to stay away from those traditions. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just that thought is that was interesting, interesting and wanted to throw yeah. that in. And also, like, so, um, back to what Jamie was saying. saying that... Oh, sorry. No, I... no, I was just wondering. So, were they saying that the Fae were? Sorry, <laughs> were they saying the Fae were fallen angels? I just want to understand that. Well, really the Fae was a whole different ball game, but the Say, the ones that were the, the ones in the mounds, specifically were the ones they were trying oh, to okay, say okay. were the descendants of the fallen angels. Oh, okay. Because once again, I'm that took from that traditions of Samhain. Yeah, I read that too about the mm. about the Aesir. Yeah, I just, it's funny. The two examples I saw of the pronunciation, they said that it's pronounced the same way, looked totally different. Right, yeah. 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 I'm probably wrong too. It's probably not Shay. It's probably like, you know, whatever. But anyway. No, I saw that too because it, that did strike Damn. me as well because I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, like Banshee. Right, right. That's what I, yeah, that's I, like where my yeah. brain went. Um, oh, but no, I was just going to say what, like, Jamie was touching on about, um, you know, the old mythology and the folktales and how it, you know, there's like a tangible presence, you know, and, and um, it would explain these ancient events and stuff. And I just find it really special, too, that not only that, but it, it ties in with actual places and, you know, like physical places that you can go to, you can go see where that happened. And, 
and and in some of these cases, you know, there's like standing stones or, uh, you know, the fairy circles or, or I mean, fairy mounds, excuse me. And I don't know. I, I just find that like really cool because like living here where I do, there's not really anything to compare that with. Um, you know, yeah. there is indigenous. <laughs> that was you got the Mothman well, we, we in California. There's like nothing here. We do have the Mothman, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There are indigenous, you know, mounds and earthworks and stuff, um, but there's there's just so little known about them, you know, and a lot of that has just kind of been lost and and you know wiped out when uh, you know white people committed genocide on the indigenous Literally. peoples. <laughs> um, but I, I just find that truly fascinating that you can follow a myth or a folktale like that to, you know, the actual physical location where it's said that that happened. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to say that. This is a little off topic, but we should totally cover Cahokia at some time because if you've never yeah. been there, they have a really great interpretation center that doesn't like say hey this is exactly what this is used for but they they do some speculation and they speak to native people living today that might have a better idea of what certain things could mean and that like really kind of changed how I looked at the burial mounds because it's I they have more meaning I think sometimes than people realize well, they do maybe even sense. Tad and I can go record at one of them because yeah. we live three hours in one we each do if you Him guys and I can do meet that, there, I'm gonna come and join you. Do something. <laughs> I will drive to Ohio and do that with you guys. You wanted to be fun. That would be pretty <laughs> amazing. Are you saying I'm fun. not fun? <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> I'm not saying that. However, whatever you put together, I would argue. <laughs> Sorry, John. It's fine. Well, I mean, one thing I was gonna say, going back to talking about like you know, the, the folklore and stuff. Folklore, if you look at it um, critically, it's it's just a form of oral history. Like some of the things like some of the some of the old gods like were actual people. Like <clears throat> for example in China I was just I was actually just listening to another another podcast about this this god of war there having this controversy about a statue. This is off topic, sorry. But the, the, this god of war was actual was an actual general. So a lot of this stuff is we don't pay enough attention to it in a historical context. And I think it's it's important to look at because oral traditions and folklore it's it's a cultural history of a of a people. No, I agree. Especially a lot of the Celtic Celtic stuff. A lot of it really is not just a story. It involves people that really lived and really did make such an impact that they became known as the heroes yeah. and the gods. Oh, absolutely. Of the I, I would say that holds true for just about any culture. If you go back far enough, you know, before, before there was written word that there was the oral history. And so, yeah, when, when you can find thriving examples of that today, I just, I, I think that's something special. Yeah. And what's Agreed. sad is we can't really get too much more accurately in depth about Stalin because what we what I looked up, sometimes the traditions or the beliefs of the origin change after only going a few mi- what we consider a few miles mm-hmm. down the road. There was almost six different ways to pr- pronounce Stalin that I found, and the same with 
I'm going to say it again wrong. Lunasa. Because it's called that, but it's also called Garlic Sunday. (laughs) That sounds like a day at my house. It's called (laughs) Chrome Dub Sunday and other more Scottish names involving the word Chrome Dub. And I saw a lot of different... That I won't even attempt to try. I saw different dates for Sawant, too. Like, it, it was mostly agreed upon around the 31st or the 1st, but I saw some other small pockets who were saying like November 4th, who were saying earlier in October, who were saying it was like a yes, a six um, to eight day festival. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. The 31st and 1st one, that was changed more after the after the Catholics came right. because the whole sun... The 31st to, through the 1st was because of sundown to sundown. Mm-hmm. So once they did the whole day events, it became... November fourth instead for many years when they added all saints. The whole that was I read for a lot of a lot of the resources that that is the reason that one changed, mm-hmm. and some of the other ones was just simply you're a little bit farther out from where everyone else is. By the time you realize what day it is, or when you do this, or when you get to doing your part of your harvest, it's been two or right. three days. Right, and past you know I would say um, some of that could also be due just due to regional differences, you know. Um, because you know this clan yes. up here is is going to do things their own way compared to this clan, you know, two counties over or whatever. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of the the more ancient origins of Sawin that involved Chrome Kruak, what you still known as Chrome Doug, they actually didn't even do that at that time of the year. They went back to the spring. Most of the same concepts without the thin veil, but a lot of the same traditions of putting worship towards him and sacrifice towards him, but it was done four months prior or more. But that that disappeared quickly over time, unlike traditions that we still have that lasted 2,000 years. That just all makes me think back about the whole agriculture and harvesting and stuff like that. Four months earlier, you're at the beginning... You're wanting a good harvest, and then, in, you know, it makes sense. Then it makes sense at the end too, hoping that you have enough to get you through the winter time. You know. Agreed. But I just thought it was strange that they had more of a focus on it in some areas, so much different yeah, than their neighbors. Agreed. So I get into I get to it more when you get to the more ancient beliefs that we're just now realizing, and also I'll try to put on the the Facebook page mm-hmm. for everybody. They do. They have found some minor statues of Chrome Croc, including one with other stones around mm-hmm. him, believed to be more minor gods, possibly. I'm not <laughs> even going to try to pronounce the site where they found it, because, yeah, no. I, I really don't have much more to yeah, say on this topic. pretty good, guys. I don't either. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I feel like once again, thank spent you to... so much time, and I, we scratched the surface pretty well I think if, if we got any more in depth to it it'd be, it would be too boring exactly. for an entertaining podcast <laughs> yeah. other than a few people that want to get naughty with us and, and once again guys please bear with us we are very new to this the sound level will get better I literally changed the room I'm in minutes into the podcast because one animal room is being quieter than the other animal room which is my recording area at the present time. I think I'm going to build like a blanket fort and to record it. And just bear in. with us. Things will keep improving. <laughs> so you can hear me better. 
Um, I hope you guys enjoy us, though. We're going to continue improving. And please keep sending us topics. We've already got a, a, one suggestion. Uh, we've got some ideas coming up. John mentioned Dios de los Motos, which I probably thought of that, too. Uh, I'm getting ready to talk to somebody who uh, does a form of religion mm -hmm. Palo, which involves more dark magic, per se. And I cannot wait to get a, ask them questions and show that or read them on the show. We've got a few other ideas coming up, including modern societies that still have human sacrifice, even as even within the last year or two. When uh, JB mentioned covering a group that actually practices cannibalism, like right now, nothing that's in the past. So hopefully you guys will all like that. I can't wait to nerd out about cannibalism with you, Bill. You want to chew the fat, don't you? <laughs> there it is. There, there it is. I had to get at least one Just dad joke bit. in. <laughs> nice. Just a little well bit. Well played, sir. <laughs> and I think the next the next topic is: it, Are we going to do all the divinations divination stuff next? Yeah, the very next one we're going to talk about. Did you have seen that coming? Divination in, <laughs> uh, in relation to Halloween. <laughs> I did throw my bones into a fire this morning, and that's what they told me. I, is I keep attempting to throw my bone. I've had no luck, which is why I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it also told me that Bill would tease me at some point during this episode, so they're pretty spot on. <laughs> Safe bet. <laughs> well, guys, right. I think it's time to wrap this one up. All right. Yep. It's been great, Thanks, guys. guys. I'm looking forward to the next Thanks one. Thanks for listening. All right. Keep it strange, y'all. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Strange Happenings Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm <laughs> Good start. Shit. Yes. Okay, let's okay. keep that Go. in, but let's do this again. Go, Todd. Welcome Wait, to Strange Happenings Podcast. <laughs> What's the order? I'm sorry. You waited like 20 seconds. <laughs> Me? There's just dead air for. Yeah? Like. No, as soon as you said. Okay, let's I'm not keep this in now because that was horrible. No, you didn't, Jamie. I did. No, you didn't. End, it like you waited. Did.